Hey everyone, welcome to episode 15 of Tuesdays with Perry. So let's try to get him on the line. Hello. Hey Perry, how are you? Hey there, Rudy. How you doing today? Good, good. Uh, we're doing pretty good. How is it going down there in the free state of Florida? You know, every day is just another blessing. It's it's amazing how how well things are uh, are going down here, considering what we went through a month ago. Um, things are good. Things oh. are, are are bright, and we're we're excited about our chances next week, both uh, locally as well as statewide. So, and for that matter, let's extend it nationwide, right? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about your governor, uh, Ron DeSantis. I want to talk about okay. a couple other things. Um, and if we have time, we can get into the Nancy Pelosi saga over there in California. But let's stick to Florida and your governor, who was in New York just recently, and he was stumping for Lee Zeldin, uh, on Long Island. Um, I don't know what you know about Lee Zeldin, but um, what do you think Lee Zeldin's chances are up there uh, against Kathy Hochul? Well, I don't want to say I know Lee Zeldin like I know uh, statewide uh, politicians here in Florida, but I do know him fairly well uh, as, as, far his, as far as his um, his tenure as a United States representative out from Long Island. Um, Lee has, um, has really impressed me throughout this uh, campaign. I did not think he had the, um, the coyonas to go up against the Democrat machine in New York State. I thought he was pretty much just like Charlie Crist is down here, a sacrificial lamb, and I couldn't understand why he was throwing his career away that way. But as it now turns out, um, he's got the right people uh, running his campaign because he not only has um, the cat woman by her tail, he's slinging her like a lasso. Yeah. And... Um, I got to give him credit. I am, I am overwhelmed with how well he's doing. And I, I honestly think now here's, here's where we get into dangerous territory, Rudy. Uh, the one thing Democrats have done on a nationwide level and have perfected, especially in the last several campaigns, nationally speaking, all they need to do is get close. Those are their exact words. We just need to get close. And that I can attribute all the way back to 20, uh, I'm sorry, 2000, when we came within a razor's thickness of losing the White House to uh, Al Gore. And um, they have further perfected their skills at throwing elections. And for those of your listeners who are diehard liberals, you guys and gals need to come to grips with the fact that you are part of a corrupt culture. Oh yeah. And, and we can prove it. And, and, and when I have uh, liberals in, in heated discussions with me say that I'm just a uh, denier of, 
of the presidential outcome of 2020, I simply say, okay, let's take state by state how how you managed to steal the election. Right. And when I point out all the facts, suddenly they just walk away. Yeah. They don't have a comeback. This is what I'm worried about for Zeldin. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not worried that he, he can win. I'm worried that he will have the, the election stolen. Yeah. And God forbid that happens. I hope he doesn't turn out to be another country club Republican like there are so many of because and just bow out yeah and just right and just for the sake for the sake of being a gentleman accept defeat that wasn't his right well so yeah he's got to see what happens yeah he's got to beat the cheat and that that's what we have to do um in a week is we have to make sure that we beat the cheat especially like in connecticut where you have leona levy running against blumenthal um it's great if you're close, but you have to have enough support to beat the cheat because in a democratic state, the machine is working overtime, especially with all these mail-in ballots. That leaves the door open for cheating because if you get, if you don't do signature verification, you don't know where those ballots came from. They could come from anywhere. So I want to move right. right. I, I want to move right on. Um, oh, uh, your governor Ron DeSantis condemns anti-Semitism amid racist Kanye remark that was uh, that was beamed onto a stadium. So I'll just read the lead here from Newsweek. Florida Republican Governor Ron DeSantis has condemned anti-Semitism in the state, including an incident where a racist message supporting Ye was beamed in onto a stadium in Jacksonville. Now, I don't know exactly... Um, I don't know exactly what the... And it doesn't say what the racist statement was it's been two days since anti-semitic messages were displayed across jacksonville um oh i guess someone hacked into the um into the jumbo screen really yeah uh proven record of support of the jewish yeah it doesn't again it doesn't say what the statement is it's sort of like kanye if the um if the worst Oh, here it is. Including an instance in which the banners read, forget Ukraine, nuke Israel, and end Jewish supremacy in America. Oh, this is um, banners reading. Oh, this is not what it said. Okay, this is... Uh, okay, and we're going to have to get into the ADL because the ADL is out of control. According to the ADL, there were a number of anti-Semitic incidents in Florida over the past weekend, including banners uh, held over a highway, forget Ukraine, nuke Israel, and Jewish supremacy in America um, that can't be related to anybody. Um, and uh, stop anti-Semitism. They go after Tucker Carlson. Uh, I don't know why, because he didn't say anything that I thought was anti-Semitic. Um, so they didn't say what was beamed into the stadium. Of course, a lot of these things, and it was like the Kanye comment, and we talked about this last week, is that he said we needed to go DEFCON 3 uh, on on Jewish uh, on the Jewish industry, on Jewish uh, record industry or something like that. Um, and... You know, I don't approve of that statement, but I, I don't know what all the hubbub is about there. Um, my problem is more with the ADL because they condemn every everybody as being a racist, as being an extremist, as being a white supremacist. And it's a constant stream. If you look at their website, 
is targeting peoples and groups. They're all anti-Semitic. They're all white supremacists. They're all white nationalists. So um, uh, your governor came out and condemned anti-Semitism, as everybody should. I mean, nobody approves of anti-Semitism. Um, and they didn't put what the Kanye remark was beamed onto the stadium if it was go DEFCON 3 on Jewish media or whatever it was. Um, but I would like your comment on the ADL because from my point of view, them and the Southern Poverty Law Center seem to just be wings of the Democratic Party. And what they do is they go around painting targets on people and saying there's the enemy. So um, what do you think your governor condemned anti-Semitism? So, and he was up there um, stumping for Lee Zeldin, who I believe is Jewish. Um, but my problem, of course, is with the ADL. So um, what, do you, what do you think about, we talked about Kanye last weekend. I haven't seen anything additional uh, to, to, to get me horrified, certainly, like the ADL says. Um, so what do you think of the ADL? I mean, you're, you're, you're a Jewish person. Um, yeah, I like to think of myself as that. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, my knowledge of the ADL goes all the way back to my coming of age in the 1980s. And back then its founder, who I think is still connected to the daily operation of the ADL, uh, his name is Abe Foxman. And on the surface, the things that he would say back then, during the Reagan years, um, they kind of piqued my curiosity because it didn't seem like he wanted to admit to approving of the positions that Ronald Reagan held with regard to the state of Israel, because Ronald Reagan was the most, prior to Trump, the most supportive president the state of the modern state of israel has ever had with probably the exception of president eisenhower who pushed for the uh state to be recognized by the arab world and and i can't leave out of course harry truman but harry truman's reason for wanting to have a modern state of israel so that he didn't have to deal with all the modern day is um, Jewish refugees from Europe who wanted to come to the United States because he did have anti-Semitic um, issues. Truman. So we we create the state of Israel, and now all the European Jews don't have to come here. Yeah. So starting with starting with Eisenhower, then Reagan, now Trump, or I should say Trump four years ago, um, these presidents were the ones that Foxman couldn't say anything. Neg- I'm, I'm talking about Republicans, mind you, yeah. couldn't say anything negative about. But from what I recall, Foxman never had anything negative to say about Jimmy Carter, who had anti-Semitic views. Okay, go back and look at the history. It's there. So with regard to Abe Foxman, and now this guy, I think his name is Greenblatt. Um, they are what I call pseudo-Jews. And what I mean by that is they put their politics, which is ultra-liberal, 
today I would eat perhaps progressive, ahead of their own faith. And for any Jewish man or woman to do that is a sin before Hashem. So as concerned, anything that comes out in the press or is heard on YouTube from any of the pseudo-Jews that claim they represent the Jewish voice of this country. All I can say is, hand me another roll of toilet paper. <laughs> yeah, the ADL, um, this is from the Daily Beast, ADL condemns Tucker again for accusing black MSNBC host of fomenting race war. The Fox News star claimed that the MSNBC was intentionally inciting he didn't say this because I saw the episode inciting white genocide via its black hose, comparing it to the Rwanda Civil War. And what he was doing was um, he was referring to on the show, I think you saw it as well, is that uh, the Rwanda genocide uh, had to do with pitting two groups against each other through the media. So there was a specific radio show in Rwanda at the time that uh, was referring to the Tutsis as cockroaches and then uh, set out a call to cut down the tall trees, which was a code to massacre, uh, for the Hutus to massacre Tutsis. Um, that's what he was referring to, the use of media to sick one group against each other. Um, whether it's going to turn out to be genocide is another. Um, but I think the ADL um, doesn't like any Republicans and constantly uh, lists them as being um, white nationalists, white, you know, and people, white nationalists, white supremacist is anti-Semitic. It, it all goes together. Um, so I lump, uh, lump the ADL in with the Southern Poverty Law Center. and Who the Southern Poverty Law Center is just... Um, is a, just a secular version of the ADL. They do pretty much the same thing. And that paint everybody who's um, who could be an enemy uh, to the Democrats, and then they paint the targets on there, and then the media goes on and, and sicks themselves uh, onto these enemies, whether it's the Proud Boys, which apparently are white supremacists, even though uh, Enrico Tario who's a Hispanic gentleman, I guess, was head of the Proud Boys. Not that I'm a fan of the Proud Boys, but what I've seen is that most of their labeling has been inconsistent with what it means to be anti-Semitic or white nationalist or white supremacist or what have you. Well, this, this gentleman who you just cited the name of, obviously he's just like George Zimmerman. He's a white Hispanic. That right. doesn't count. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know much about the Pro Proud Boys, except that it was um, started as a chauvinist. If anything, they were chauvinist, uh, started by a chauvinist by, um, what was the guy's name? Uh, who's who's apparently a white supremacist too, uh, 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 Gavin McGinnis. And uh, I'm not a fan of Gavin McGinnis either, but it's like everybody else who's painted as a racist and anti-Semite you know, you can go watch their show, whether it's Alex Jones or whatever, and I'm like, I'm still waiting to see something hateful. And that's why I, you know, I'm not the, full of condemnation over Kanye West because, you know, I hear more about condemning his anti-Semitic remarks, but they don't really mention them. The only one I saw that was 
could even be considered that was go DEFCON 3, which I mean, I thought he meant DEFCON um, 3 uh, against the Jewish media. So um, that's, I just wanted your take on the ADL. Um, we could move off that now. Uh, I don't know well, if you're... Before, yeah, well, before we do, yep. let's, let's, let's go back to Kanye. Um, so where, where, where was any of his remarks anti-Semitic? Because he made the com- comment about the so-called Jewish media? Well, let me tell you something. The Schultzbergers are every bit as much my enemy as they are Kanye's. Okay, the, the, the so-called, and again, I use the term pseudo-Jews that run Hollywood and run the music industries are every bit as much my enemy as they are Kanye's. Right. So when Kanye makes the broad statement about the Jewish uh, entertainment complex and what have you, he's using the term loosely, and that's what's gotten him into trouble. But I know he's not anti-Semitic. He can't be if if he loves God. Because if he loves God, he has to love my people. What he resents are the pseudo-Jews who walk around with the mezuzahs on their doorposts and their their highs or their uh, star David in in broad exposure on their chests and tell everyone how proud they are to be Jewish, but don't live a Jewish life. Those are the individuals he's referring to. So, you know what? All I could say is, hey, yay, welcome to my world, brother. Yeah, I found the quote here. It said uh, the the Twitter post was, um, I'm a bit sleepy tonight, but when I wake up, I'm going to go death con three on Jewish people. And it even says here that says death con three is in reference to defense alert state known as DEFCON, DEFCON three. And um, I guess he wrote here, the funny thing is I actually can't be anti-Semitic because black people are actually Jew. Also, you guys have toyed with me and tried to blackball anyone whoever opposes your agenda. So I think he's on the same page as you because many of us know George Soros and we know the Rothschilds and they're secular Jews. And I, I think that's what you're well, talking well, about. Well, let's back up a second. Let's yeah, yeah. back up a second. Yep. I'm speaking from knowledge. The Rothschilds, again, Jewish by birth, by heritage. They were not practicing Jews. Mm -hmm. And in order to be truly Jewish, you have to live a Jewish life. And as poorly as I live my life as a Jew, I still live a Jewish life. As for George Soros, Soros, who's either his father or his uncle, was one of the guardsmen at either Treblinka or um, one of the other uh, death camps of well, the Nazis. Before, before you go too far, let me let me put down the specifics with George Soros. The person he referred to as his uncle was a German SS officer, excuse me, was involved in confiscating property from the Jews, and George Soros helped them identify the Jewish families so the Nazis could go confiscate property from the Jews in Hungary. That's the ex- and where that's from where his think- that's from his own mouth, right? So he so a- he think- aided the Nazis. 
in where Hungary. do you think the word where do you think the word kike comes from yeah. i don't it know it comes from those so-called jews who did not pray to hashem they they were as you were saying more more than likely they were secular at best they were communist or nazi like at worst those were the ones who literally turned in their fellow fellow brethren and they did so so that they could live a little bit more comfortable alike they were they were the as as um stalin said many years later the useful idiots yeah okay yeah. so that's who george soros is he hasn't set foot in a synagogue i would think ever and if he did it may have only been for his bris yeah. and for those of your uh listeners who don't know what a, a bris is it is the spiritual circumcision event that takes place on the eighth day of life for every male jewish uh child it's when the foreskin is removed and buried to return to the earth. Okay? So that was probably the only time in his entire life, if even then, George Soros was a practicing Jew. Hey, anyway. I, yeah, I, I want to talk to you. Maybe next week we're going to have a little more time to flesh uh, some of this stuff out. Um, but because I wanted to talk to you about Kabbalism and uh, mysticism, Jewish mysticism, uh, mysticism mm -hmm. worldwide, um, because you have Sufism and you have the Masons and, and all this other stuff. And I'd love to get into that a little bit. But I want to stick with the news because I'd like to have a little time to talk about Pelosi's. But um, I know you said you were a fan of Ben Shapiro. And, um, and I know you're an anti-vaxxer, not anti-vaxxer, anti-COVID-vax as I am. Um, but Ben Shapiro, who was touting the vaccine early on and calling everybody rubes and idiots who didn't go along and take the vaccine, he has walked back his support for the va uh, COVID-19 vaccine. And this is according to Media Matters for America um, uh, from a couple days ago um, that I'll just read. Um, I'll read uh, their quote. Everybody who is involved in this sort of stuff needs to be thrown out of office. Uh, because apparently he's suing the Biden administration. If they're in the private sector, they need to be fired. There may need to be criminal prosecutions if you are disseminating false health information to people on the basis of zero evidence. Oh, so well, are they, they're so, just, so much for Tony Fauci. Yeah, so they're just he, they're just quoting him from his podcast. Um, so uh, I know you're a fan of Ben Shapiro. What do you think of his comments? Well. Ben, welcome to the party. I'm sorry it took you a year to get in line. Um, but having said that, I give him credit for recognizing his mistake and clarifying. Um, he probably saw one of Dr. Patrick Gentempo's many videos on the subject that my better half and I have watched literally for hours. Um, and during that series of well-produced um, scientific data, but on, for the most part, 90% of it was on a layman's term so that all these doctors and PhDs that Gentempo brought into his series could explain exactly that, number one, this so-called vaccination is anything but, okay? 
Yeah. This, as you as you just said, all this information was deliberately kept from us. Yeah. Why is it only now, two years later, almost to the day? And you know, doc- because the doctor- vaccines were uh, were preve- provided to us before Trump left office. Oh, yeah. So why is it two years after the vaccines? Uh, let me go back after the shots were provided to the American people. Why are we only now, two years later, being told by the head of Pfizer? Well, it really wasn't meant to prevent people from getting it. Yeah. Hey, hey do, you, do you know Dr. Peter McCullough just lost his medical license over preaching uh, against the uh, COVID-19 vaccine? You know something? I have had the distinct honor to not only meet, but shake hands with this incredible man. And he warned me back in the summer when we met at a, at a confab, he was the, he actually was the keynote speaker. He warned me that this was coming. He knew it was coming. Oh yeah. Um, well, there's a lot coming. God help us. Yeah. There's a lot coming. I don't know if you saw the breaking news out of the intercept, but the DHS, the department of Homeland security and their, their defunct, but reborn agency of disinformation um, was meeting with uh, social media companies and there was a special portal for the FBI and the DHS to get into um, the social media companies and to flag posts to get them taken down. So we're being yeah. watched by the federal government and they're uh, censoring our speech through, uh, through the private um, social media companies. So deja vu, these are the very things people like you and to a lesser extent people like me have been saying now for years going back you know there was a reason all of us knew there was a reason why beginning with bill gates and ending with uh the former with the founder of uh twitter and zuckerberg and um the founders of google uh sergey uh, Baron and his cohorts, all of these IT people were not just welcomed into the Obama White House during Obama's second term, but they were there dozens of times, and the White House logs show that. Oh, yeah. Now we know why. Oh, yeah. And we've been saying for years throughout the Trump campaigns, both his, his initial and his reelection bid, and since. They are manipulating us, not not you and me, but the American people in general. They are manipulating us. They are lying to us. They are they are censoring specifically us specifically and directly holding information that is valuable to us. Now we know why, don't we? Yeah, and you know, they're um, the intelligence agencies have bot farms, and that's what. Um, you know, Elon Musk bought Twitter and he wanted to know what's the percentage of, of people that were bots on the platform. And that's a national security secret because how many bot farms does the CIA and the Department of Homeland Security control? Um, not only that, but we know since Snowden that um, there's been a partnership between the intelligence agencies and the social media companies. So, I don't know if it came out of a QNTEL or how these things were born. I think this was all hatched a long time ago. Um, and that the thought that these were just private companies offering a platform and a service for us to talk to each other, that's just a bunch of shit. It's a, it's a plan to manipulate us and 
to falsely uh, to withhold information, as you just said, but also falsely propagate information to make it seem popular when it actually isn't. And I think that was one of the causes of the Arab Spring uh, and maybe other revolutions, including the color revolutions or the Maidan revolution, that Twitter was amplifying messages of dissent and they could also suppress messages of dissent. Before we... Before we go on, uh, you can comment a little bit on that if you want, but I also want to talk about um, the Pelosi's October surprise or whether you think um, this was a contrived incident or not. <coughs> Excuse me. <laughs> um, <coughs> yeah. Bullshit. Was time, wasn't it? Bullshit. <laughs> um, Blowjob. <laughs> well, I don't know if if Paulie would feel that way. Um, yeah. Anyway, I think if in fact it was planned, I'm not saying it was. If in fact it was planned, of course he certainly had no knowledge of it. But let's talk about how it came to be. The Pelosi's have a ten foot, which by the way is against the law. You're not supposed to have more than an eight foot high fence or barrier between the street and your uh, domicile behind that barrier. Um, and that's for safety purposes. I know it's the way it is in the state of Florida. I'm pretty sure it's the way it is around the entire country because it's based on fire and police safety. They want to be able to see over that barrier. Where was, the secu- where was the security? Where are the alarms? Where is the, se- well, well, you know, where, where? Now, now you see, you're stealing my thunder, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, That's exactly my point. So let's get this right. This individual who the press is desperately trying to call a right-wing extremist somehow or other managed to plan all this. He managed to scale a 10-foot concrete wall. He managed to get behind the barriers behind the barrier. He managed to get all the way to and through the French doors, reinforced French doors, and to literally beat Uncle Polly almost to death before anyone knew what was happening. With a hammer. This is the this is the lesser half of the speaker of the House of the United States of America. Now she's people say third, she's second in line to the Oval Office. There's the president, the VP is first in line. She's second in line, God help us, to to the Oval Office. You're telling me with all the state secrets that she has at her beck and call, I'm sure some of those are in hard copy in her private office within within the uh, residence. You're telling me there's no secret service on that property? Right. Come on. Well, there's no alarm. There's alarm, no CCTV. The guy gets up and he has a cordial conversation with Paul and he allows Paul to go to the bathroom and use his cell phone. And then he know, apparently, this is breaking today, he knew that he called the police and he said, well, what would the founding fathers do? I'm going to stay here for the police. And apparently hadn't struck Paul with the hammer, even though Paul likes to get hammered, that... (laughs) <laughs> they, they went downstairs together because it wasn't a third person that opened the door for the police. Apparently it was Paul Pelosi 
that opened the door for the police. And when the what the police saw was Paul Pelosi was wrestling with this guy for a hammer, and then the guy strikes Pelosi in the head, purportedly, and knocks him unconscious right in front of the police. The police didn't shoot him. You know, the police didn't stop him from striking Paul Pelosi. It just seems so, so, so bizarre. I just, I can't, I can't. And the fact is that there was no alarm. There's no CCTV. There are no agents on the premises. Um, it just seems contrived to me. So you, you say... It's it's, contrived? Yeah. You're, you're being polite here. Yeah. It's not contrived. It, it is a sucker story for an electorate willing to buy anything, including a bridge in Brooklyn. Right. And on top of this, you know where Paul Pelosi is being treated? Zuckerberg Hospital. Perfect. Yeah. So whether he has a fractured skull or not, apparently, um, first they were saying he had brain surgery. Well, repairing a, a fractured skull is not necessarily brain surgery. And beating him... He was hit once with the hammer in front of police, and that knocked him unconscious. So a fractured skull just could be a a, a, a cracked skull, and they just mend the skull. And so well, I'm but, sure but you'll Rudy, see. I'm sure you'll. I'm Rudy. sure you'll see Paul with a bandage around his head in the next day or Rudy, so, saying thank you. I'm fine. Let, let's yeah. Let's take this on face value. Let's just say he was beaten horribly. You know. Let's face it, if that guy had a 10, 12, 16-ounce hammer and he was able to get a, a really good shot, I don't care how thick the old man's skull is, he's going to do serious damage. Oh, sure. That's not my question. My question is, how is that even going to be possible with police having drawn their weapons? Right, but, and, and exactly. And why did he wait to hit Pelosi in the head to then? Why didn't he hit Pelosi in the head after he found out that Pelosi called the police? Why didn't he hit Pelosi in the head before Pelosi opened the door? It's just... Why, <laughs> why would any of this have, have happened at all? Yeah. This, is, this is one of the worst Hollywood productions ever produced by Disney. And the, time, really is. Yeah, and the timing makes it suspect, so... That, that's, just, that's just my case on it. So, but, but by the way, by the way, contrived or not, how is it? This is a bigger story than Lee Zeldin's two teenage daughters hiding behind a wall in their home as, I'm assuming, I, it might not have been due to drugs. could have been human traffickers, for all I know. It could have been a fight over a girlfriend. I don't know. Yeah. But how is it? that the Lee Zeldin story where his own home became the subject of gunfire, where they actually had the spent shells and were able to recover the bullets themselves within feet of his own children. Yeah. How is it that wasn't a story? Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all, it's all regardless of, of whether it's contrived or not, it's all crime and it's crime because of the Democrats I blame them all. Um, you can't blame Holch, Kathy Holchel for what happened in California, but you can blame the Democrats there. P Perry, we got to leave it there. I can't. We can't go for another hour today, but uh, we'll go. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll go. We'll go longer. We'll go longer next week because um, I need to get this. We'll have up. a lot to talk about on election day. Won't yeah, we? absolutely, we will.
Alrighty, guys. All Thank right. you for uh, allowing me to vent. We'll we'll talk next week, Rudy. Absolutely. It's so good to talk to you, man. Likewise. Take care now. See ya. There it goes, Perry. Fifteenth episode of Tuesdays with Perry. Uh, I could I could talk all day about the stupid Pelosi thing, but uh, I want to talk a little bit about anti-Semitism in the ADL, which I'm not a big fan of, or the Southern Poverty Law Center. Um, these non-for-profit places that all they do is ta- paint targets on people's backs, uh, and they blow out of proportion uh, the degree in which they're hate groups uh, in America. Because most, most people don't care about hate groups. I mean, most people don't care about hate. They just want to make their way. So uh, we'll join Perry next week uh, for uh, election day. Um, We'll have plenty to talk about. Um, And everybody get out and vote. Vote Republican. Stop this craziness. Um, Hey, because I was around for the Carter administration, and we saw how that turned out. I mean, you give the Democrats power, they spend, they ruin the economy, and then they... Not that the Republicans don't have foreign policy blunders, but uh, starting a nuclear war in Ukraine is not, uh, shouldn't be at the list of any politician. Anyway, we'll see you tomorrow. Rudy's Revelation.